I'm sure you've been tuned in for all the funeral, the Queen's activities, all the pomp and circumstance. It's pretty incredible. I understand why people respect her so much and love her. Uh, I have always been amazed at her speeches. She was really good, by the way. And I think she was a great person. But in her speeches, she always talked about she was devoted 24 hours a day to public service, taking care of the people of England. King Charles has followed in her footsteps and has echoed the same sentiment and quoted her and said, I too will continue to be a public servant and take care of the people of England. I find this kind of humorous because I don't see where the royal family gives a lot of money to the people, but I do see the people giving tons of money to the government to uphold and to enrich this royal family and all that it represents, all the castles, all the wealth. Speaking of castles, Windsor Castle, did you see that where the queen is buried? 1,000 rooms, the largest castle in the world. Biggest home I have ever lived in was 12 rooms. But okay, that's public service. And then you add to that, King Charles, I read where he has a guy that irons his shoelaces before he puts his shoes on. He has another guy that puts toothpaste on his toothpaste, exactly one inch before he brushes his teeth. Well, regardless, I thought it would be a good time to remind ourselves why in this country we do not have a monarchy. And it started, of course, when we declared war against the very England that we're looking at so closely today. The king then was King George, and we started a revolution. We won and then wrote the Constitution. Now, in the Federalist Papers, number 69, Alexander Hamilton kind of laid out the reasons uh, or, or the differences between, as he called it, an executive, meaning the president, and a king or a monarchy, queen or czar or anybody else. One was this, the people in America elect the president and is given a four-year term. A monarchy, hey, there's no votes taken. It is theirs, the kingdom is theirs, it's inherited, and the family never loses control. In the Constitution, it says that we have the power to impeach the president and throw him out of office. You can even send a president to a normal court of law if they've broken the laws of the land. A king or queen is above the law. The president, according to the Constitution, of course, is the commander-in-chief of the military. In a monarchy, they not only are commander-in-chief of the military, they can declare war if they want to. It's a personal thing. And then lastly, when it comes to tariffs and taxes, the president in this country can't do that without two-thirds support from Congress. King, on the other hand, can do whatever he wants with whatever country he wants. And of course, King George blew it when he started adding the taxes to those young Americans. So what is the sum here? Well, obviously we're not a monarchy, but more than that, I laugh when people accuse others of being a fascist or a totalitarian or whatever term they want to use. As long as we uphold the Constitution, that can never happen in this country. So when you think Trump's a fascist, I laugh at you. There is no one on either side who can become a fascist, a king, a queen, or anything else. The balance of power that we see in the Constitution, the way this thing is written, is genius and is why this country is great. God save the queen and the king.